This is episode 46. In this episode, you'll meet Pamela Barba, a brand strategist and the creator of the Vamos Ladies podcast. You'll learn about her journey from a graphics designer to creating a platform with financial resources for Latinas. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome everybody to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I have a super special guest. I always say I have a very special guest. They're all special, but... This guest in particular, her and I, we share a birth a birthday, and we and birth met, hour, yeah, and a birth hour. We were both born in the morning, um, although in two different hemispheres, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you want to introduce yourself? We've never met in person, um, but we're always chatting on Instagram and email and stuff. So. Yeah. So, hey, everybody. My name is Pamela Barba. Um, I am a brand strategist. So I help people feel confident with their brands through online trainings. And then I'm also the host of the Vamos Ladies podcast, uh, which is a podcast that I started really wanting to start a conversation around money and wellness, uh, specifically in the Latinx community. Yes, it's very, very, very much needed. We all need that. We all need to talk about money and learn more about money and build confidence with ourselves around money. So I really, really am so happy and appreciate that you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to know you a little bit better first before we dive into all the wonderful things that you're doing. Uh, what is your favorite food? Oh man. Um, I would say uh, chicken soup is my favorite food. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm from Ecuador and we eat soup as like, we eat like three course meals, like regularly, like it's super normal for you to have like soup and then you have like whatever your second plate is. Um, and chicken soup is just like, it's just very like homey to me. And I live in Atlanta. Um, There's not a lot of Ecuadorian food around here. It's a lot of Mexican food, Central American food, but chicken soup, like you can almost guarantee that a Mexican restaurant will have chicken soup. (laughs) So that's kind of my, like, literally, that's what I order when I eat out. (laughs) What is, um, is it similar or, or is Ecuadorian chicken soup different or how is it different? No, they are, they're, they are they are different and they're not, you know, just like <laughs> it's chicken yeah. and soup. <laughs> yeah, it's Vegetable. chicken and soup. Like there's not that much you can do to it. Of course, to me, like Ecuadorian chicken soup feels really special. Um, but I've been living around um, wonderful Mexican food for 10 years. So in, in its own way, it has like won its place in my heart. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so what's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Mm, your microphone is blue. I see that. I it think we is, have the same yeah. microphone, but yours is blue. And it mine is. is the normal silver color. <laughs> Why do you like blue? I don't know. Uh, I just always, I think when I was a little girl, like I was like really like, I was one of those little girls that like didn't want to be girly. So mm. I'm pretty sure it was like a random choice that I made at some point where I was like, I hate pink. I love blue. <laughs> I have one of those daughters. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like 30 years later, here we are still love blue, (laughs) like girly averse. Mm -hmm. Yes. No glitter, no frilly stuff. Nothing. Yes. I get it. (laughs) Uh, what's the most recent book you've read? The most recent book I've read. Well, I'm in the middle of reading Harry Potter. 
um, Harry Potter, Potter and um, the, the Half-Blood Prince, which I'm rereading. Um, I reached a point last year where I was like in the middle of reading all these like business books and marketing books and money mm -hmm. books. And I was just over it. So I was like, I am really stressed out and I'm stressing myself <laughs> out even more listening to the stuff like all the time. Yeah. So I decided to give myself a break and start uh, rereading all the Harry Potter books. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my book right now. Oh, cool. I've never read any of those books, but I watched some of the movies. So, yeah. Oh, I but love I hear them. they're different. Yeah. Here they're yeah. They're, they're very different. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on about Harry Potter, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you can meet, one person dead or alive who would that be oh man you know i would want to meet anne frank mm. um which is kind of random um when i was a little kid when i was growing up in ecuador i went to a jewish school even though oh. my family is not jewish um it was just one of the like better private schools and so I feel like I, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, ever since I was like eight, I like looked up to her because her story was presented to me at an early age. Um, and I, even through like my teenage years, there were like many times when like life was hard and I would like think about her and I'm like, no, 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 she could do that mm -hmm. and like have this diary and be like a cool, like little girl, like I can do this, you know? Um, and then when I was in Amsterdam, I got to go into like her home, which is now a museum. And I don't know. I just mm. have this whole like Anne Frank thing. That's a really cool influence to have such a great significance in our, in our life. Uh, well, I don't know if in our lifetime, but I mean, in this time of, you know, of existing in the world, you know, and for you to be eight years old and have such an influence that's I didn't even really learn about that until I was in high school like about her story yeah I remember going to our um I used to go to catechism group group catechism like events and there were I remember this old man really really old German man was telling us his story and then that's kind of like when I really kind of connected the dots to like oh all of this is at the same time and here's a person oh, yeah. in front of me you know like the book I read of Anne Frank and you know world war you know and things like that so yeah I have this like strange connection with it because actually I was on a call yesterday where they um asked favorite movies and my favorite movie is um life is beautiful which is also like in that period mm -hmm. and I didn't make that connection until just now but I think mm. that's an Italian family right yes yeah, it's an it's Italian family time. yeah but it's the same time and that I mean for me like both of those stories I don't have you ever seen that movie I have but a long time ago but sometimes um I can't really watch movies like that because I get really intense I feel mm -hmm. I feel like I'm yeah. I'm an empath so I feel the emotions like I could watch a commercial and start crying because I I'm the same that. way yeah so yeah, yeah yeah I'm the same way no I mean, so that, I, mean I have to be like in the right mindset. state of minds and state of being to watch movies like that because or else like the intense emotion will consume me and then I won't be able to like do anything else yeah, no, I, I can 100% relate to that. What's unique about the movie is that it is really sad and it's really hard, but mm -hmm. it is also, like, very, like, funny. Like, there's this dad that's, like, trying to, like, make this whole make-believe world for his kid and, and making it okay for him. Um, and so it's interesting because I think those are both, like, backbones to the ways that I think. Like, you can be in these, like, really hard situations, um, but it's, like that doesn't define you and i think that's why i like held on to those stories or have held on to them for so long yeah well before we started this recording we were talking about the current situation that we are living in right now with this coronavirus pandemic and it is probably just like a small 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 tiny little speck of what people were going through during that time 
probably not not even really like relatable but the fact that like I'm here at home with my kids and the news is not on and we don't talk about like things really that are going on really outside is almost kind of like we're in our own little bubble like make-believe but not really make-believe you know what I mean I don't know yeah but I don't even want to compare this to what they went through during that time it's not even well it's different different times completely different but anyway um what's the last song you listened to I don't know probably (laughs) probably like I listened to um I don't even know what these songs are called you know songs that have a certain level of frequency um Mm, the sound healing yeah, it's like sound healing, I guess, but it's like this, you know, it's like 857 hertz is like healing or like things like that. I just started like getting into that. Uh, so oh if God. I'm honest, I literally just turned off YouTube before we got, before I got on this call. That and that's what it. I was listening to. <laughs> I've yeah. been putting, I, I put it on often, like when the kids are, or I'm, when I'm alone or whatever, I put it on in the background when I'm working or whatnot. Yeah, me but too. Now that the kids are here, they're like, do you want us to listen? I don't want to listen to that sound healing stuff that we listened to yesterday. And I'm like, well, we are. It's healing you. <laughs> I know. Sometimes when I'm in my co-working space, I like turn it on. Like, but when it's not like music, music, it's just like beats. And I'm like, you're welcome, everybody around me. Cause you can't mm-hmm. hear it because it's like there's white noise machines and people are talking and moving, but it, mm-hmm. they're still getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. I've been listening to that for a while. I even had someone come to my house and we did a sound healing event and we all just like oh, cool. floor while she had her crystal bowls. Yeah, it was cool. I love it. All right. So let's talk about um, cultural identity. How do you self-identify and what does cultural identity mean to you? Yeah, so I self-identify probably as an immigrant, first and foremost, um, Ecuadorian, uh, Latina. Yeah, I would say those are my, how I identify. And what is culture, or wait, what was the question? What is cultural identity? What does cultural identity mean to you? The phrase or the words? I don't know. Um, I don't really, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I don't see it as this thing outside of myself. It's just who I am, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't really have a good answer for that. (laughs) No, that's your answer. That's a great answer. Everybody's it's a subjective answer, but I have found that it, difficult sometimes for people to put into words how they how they feel or what they think about cultural and cultural identity because we don't have enough there aren't enough spaces for us to really unpack this topic or talk Mm -hmm. about it and yeah yeah I think the way that I think about it is either like safe spaces or not safe spaces you know so it's like in a safe space I can fully be myself I can pronounce my name the way it's pronounced um you know I can discuss Mm -hmm. anything and then but those spaces are like far and few in between versus Mm -hmm. like this is the version of myself that like most of the world gets (laughs) Mm. It's interesting how like I completely understand that and not everybody will understand what you just said because mm-hmm. in some places I go to, I'm Giselle. In other places, I'm Giselle. Yeah. In some places, I'm Giselle Martin. In other places, I'm Giselle Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was born Giselle Padilla. Mm. <laughs> so... You know, yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that. And it's so interesting how we, how certain people in certain communities um, 
we're very fluid with our identity and like we have to adjust to other people. And that's one thing that I tell my kids, like my kids' names are Andrea, Salma, and Lorenzo. And sometimes I hear them say, oh, I'm Andrea. I'm like, no, your name is not Andrea. Your name is Andrea. If other people can't say it, then they just can't say it. And they're going to say it the best way possible. But your name is Andrea. Your name is Salma, not Salma or anything, you know? <laughs> so, and, and it's, I'm not trying to be like mean, like, well, if other people can't say it, that's their problem. No, I'm just trying for us to preserve our culture in a way that, in, in, in any way that we can, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying. But anyway, so let's talk about your business, your organization, Vamos Ladies. Can you tell us how Vamos Ladies came about and like now it's turned into a podcast? Um, you have yeah. a very unique journey. You've been working <laughs> on it for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Vamos Ladies really started because I never felt like I had a place where I could be myself. Um, like, I felt like I had, like, school, and I, I went to a public school here. I grew up, you know, in the suburbs of Georgia, um, but it was like a very like white conservative school. And I just didn't feel like I could be myself there. I learned how to be a different version of myself there. Mm-hmm. And then I had like my home life and in my home life, amazing parents, amazing family. Um, but I didn't feel like they could understand this new part of me that was developing like my profession, uh, my career aspirations, like wanting to go to college, like that didn't feel like it fit into that world. Um, and growing up with this, you know, I'm super resilient and smart and adaptable and I, and I adapted. Um, however, when I was 27, I was working in this app development company and everything kind of like ruptured. (laughs) I just got to a point, it was like shortly after the election, uh, I felt all this pressure to do something that was like helpful to somebody other than like myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and this this pressure of like I got to be one person at home and then I had to be this different person like just it kind of just all collapsed at once and I I quit my job I was burnt out and I said I like I have to do something different um I always in the back of my mind had this idea that at one point I would start like a nonprofit or something uh, but I didn't think it would be when I was 27. (laughs) So at that time I started researching and I was like, okay, what happened? Why did I burn out? Like, why was that so Mm -hmm. weird? Why didn't I have support? Um, and I started doing research. And so I started talking to people, um, and I started realizing that there were other Latinas like myself in the situation or that have experienced something similar. Also at the same time, I learned about the Latina wage gap and got like Mm -hmm. super fired up about it. Um, Latinas make 53 cents to the dollar, the biggest wage gap. So all of this led to me being like, I want to create a space where Latinas can be professional. They can be themselves. They can pronounce their names the right way. Um, (laughs) they can receive the support that I didn't have. Um, at the same time though, I had quit my job. So I was like, what, how can I turn this into a business? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible to start this business that does all these things, but also that allows me to work in something that I'm like really passionate about. So I spent about two and a half years pursuing that idea. Um, I went through a tech incubator uh, where I tried to like, I did a lot of research. It was a nine month process of trying to figure out like, could I build a platform where Latinas connect to mentors or something on this platform? Or could I, um, so many ideas, right? Um, But ultimately, um, after two and a half years, I realized that there was no way for me to, because the people that I'm the most passionate about helping are undocumented people, are people mm-hmm. of low, um, that are um, low income. Um, and I realized that in order for me to live my best life, I need to make a certain amount of money. And I just, I couldn't make it work. I couldn't connect what I wanted to do and 
being able to provide resources in the way that I wanted to. So that's why uh, I pivoted Vamos Ladies to be free resources and to become a podcast. Um, mm. Because this way allows me to create a space to have conversations that I felt like I never had the space for. Um, it allows me to talk about stuff that nobody ever talked mm. to me about. <laughs> um, and it allows me to do it for free. Um, so essentially what I did is moved my business out of it. And now that's like a separate piece. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so Vamos Ladies is what, and you, Pamela, are a brand strategist, right? Yes. Yes. So Vamos Ladies is a podcast with, and resources, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's what it is right now. Um, you know, it was like a really big, scary step back that I took on something that I worked really hard on for so many years, but I felt like there was so much pressure around it that I said, what if I let it go and I like just let it become a podcast for now? So, you know, who knows? I have dreams of what it can be in the future, but, you know, the extreme irony of the whole situation is that I went from being, you know, in a good economic situation and through this journey, put myself in a bad economic situation. So now my focus is on getting myself out of that situation before I can like really create that space for other people. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that in talking about money and worth, and specifically for Latinas um, building businesses for themselves, it's almost like we kind of have to go through that, you know? Like, even if you were in a better economic place than you are now, how long was that gonna last yeah it wasn't sustainable in the world that you know we live in right so yeah 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 it, it, it wasn't sustainable for me because i in a way like i went to college i'm a first generation college student and in two years i was making more money than anybody in my family i was really smart i i went up in my career quickly um but I kind of hated myself through it, you know? Um, like I, I got a really nice apartment in one job and I didn't like it. I was like, I don't want this nice apartment. Um, I mean, I remember specifically one time that, um, I was working and I, so I used to work in this, um, I used to work in entertainment. So I used to work as a project manager, um, at, at the time Warner, which is basically like, the father company to like CNN and Cartoon Network and like blah, 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 all these like big brands. And something that I had to do is make sure stuff happened with graphics before they made it on air. Mm -hmm. And I remember one night I was working, there's some like basketball game or something, but I was in the office until like nine 30. Um, and it was just a really frustrating day. I was really, really angry. And so I left finally at like nine 30. Uh, and I stopped at like a Wendy's on my way home. And I was so angry until I pulled up to like the Wendy's window. And then the lady that was like serving me lo looks like my mom. And I, it, it, it just made me so angry at myself because I was like, why am I in such a bad mood? <laughs> like mm -hmm. I am getting paid really well to sit in this wonderful office. Um, and I have nothing to complain about. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I'm like, I, I felt this huge sense of responsibility of, I figured out how to like crack the system and get these fancy jobs. Like, why can't I help other people do the same mm -hmm. um, and help them expand their opportunities? Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting like how we go through these internal struggles and <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, I completely understand what you're going through, uh, what you went through and um me myself as well like I had a daytime full full-time job too and I had to I just had to leave because I was like I can no longer come here another day it is not good for me in my life in my health um but at the same time I also left some sort of stability in the way that I knew it you know yeah and now I'd like to take 
a little break. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? Get exclusive monthly business tips, announcements, and special discounts. They are sent out on the last week of every month. February's newsletter was about creating a brand style guide for your business, and March's newsletter has resources for small businesses affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. It is my goal to help as many small businesses as I can. I do think that right now is the best time to practice some business mindfulness. So go ahead and listen to some of my business mindfulness series episodes of this podcast for some activities to help you with your business. I'd also like to announce that for April, I am offering a 30% off discount to all of my online programs. I hope this helps and I hope that all of your businesses are thriving or will soon be thriving. So what, as a brand strategist, what uh, services do you offer? What, or do you sell any products? Um, yeah. So I essentially train people on how to DIY their brand. Um, most people are DIYing their brand. They're using Canva, they're using Squarespace, they're doing it themselves, um, which is great. I think we are in this cool time where people have the capacity to do that. Um, but if there's not like a strategy in place behind what people are doing, um, they could be wasting their time. Like Mm -hmm. it's the the simplest way of putting it. Um, and so my background is in graphic design. Like I am a certified, whatever graphic designer. Um, (laughs) and I grew up in a small business family. Everybody in my family is a small business owner. Uh, my parents, my grandparents were business owners. Um, and they always, paid a lot of attention to the the branding of things. So I always, I mean, those were like my dinner table conversations when I was growing up. Like, did you notice this when we got takeout? Did you notice they give us this extra like chopstick or whatever? Like there was always these conversations. Um, and when I started my business, I was like, this is going to be so easy. Like I come from a business family. I am a designer. I can make anything look really good. And then I, and, and I know the strategy piece, but then I realized that there was like a third component, which was this whole like mindset Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So the way in which I work with people is a mixture of coaching on the mindset piece, um, Mm -hmm. is on branding education and then is on strategy to make sure that what they're making and what they're putting together is actually going to make a difference in their business. So Mm -hmm. everything that I do comes with that kind of holistic lens. Um, and so I do one-on-one sessions. Um, I'm launching a online brand incubator where people get access to like pre-recorded lessons, but also a community space and weekly coaching calls to process with me. Um, I'm basically putting together a lot of the resources that I had to spend a long time looking for when I started my business. Mm. Yeah. And they're very, very valuable. I mean, I am like that too. I'm a researcher too. And I like to look things up on my own and yeah, I I totally get that. And I completely understand the whole mindset thing too. I, um, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and telling them like, okay, this is what I do. A part of what I do is I'm an empowerment coach because I'm like, hey, you're already doing this in your business you just don't see it as in business through a business lens you don't see it as like business terms like this what you're doing that is called marketing this what you're doing this is your brand you're already doing this so I like it's more of like encouragement and empowerment like you already are doing this but now let's get it into a strategy right let's get it into a plan let's look at it and be like this is what you're doing now this is what you did before where do you want to go how are we going to get there yeah so it's I totally agree with you and I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing and I I can bet on it that you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing if we didn't shift our mind mindsets oh yeah 100 percent and I'm constantly working on that too. I'm constantly working on that for me as well too. 
I mean, everybody is because once you get to a level where you're like, I got this, then it's time to grow. Mm -hmm. Then you got to go get something else. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's like the biggest barrier for people to understand that they need your services? I think that people, and this is going to sound really like conceited. (laughs) I think it's often when people don't believe in themselves. Like I think a predeterminant to somebody wanting to work with a coach is they have to believe like they have to do two things. They have to believe that the coach is able to provide the service that they say they provide. And they have to believe that they themselves would be able to take that advice and do something from it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same reason why, like I haven't worked with a fitness coach. It's not because I don't believe the fitness coach can whip me in a shape, (laughs) but because I don't feel ready to like make the commitment to to do it right so i think that is the biggest barrier is people don't believe that what they are thinking about is possible i love that example cuz i'm yeah i'm totally in the same boat too plus i don't want a fitness coach i just want to go outside and walk and then every time <laughs> that i walk i burn like a thousand calories instead of a hundred like why can't that just be real yeah thing yeah. but anyway <laughs> but anyway no i i totally get it yeah it's the accepting of self. And once you accept yourself, you're trusting yourself that you have the ability to do it. Like that's what confidence is. Confidence is trusting yourself. Yeah. It's really hard to do when it was really hard for me to do when I've built up all these walls to not let other people in. And a big part of that is because I am an empath and I, and I do feel other people's energies. Like I've been building up walls to not let other people in, but I've also been building a wall for myself. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's hard, it's hard to do, but it's not impossible. Well, also I I am also an empath. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually spent most of last year like isolating myself because I think, I think when I'm healthy, I can withstand more, but last year I like struggled with depression and all these things. And I, I just like, I had no bandwidth, like I couldn't, you know, um, I couldn't do it. And this year I've been learning a lot about my boundaries and when and how I can work with people and I, an empath is part of what helps me be great at what I do. Um, but Mm -hmm. also I can't do more than like two or three strategy sessions a day because Mm -hmm. they wipe me out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I think it's, it's so good to know yourself and knowing how to like, like how to build the right boundaries that help you show up and be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's also part of being confident because then you're trusting yourself and accepting yourself and accepting the reality of your current situation. And however things are in your life, that's just how it is right now, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, That's also a mindset that I've had to instill in myself, but it's, it's something that I've... Um, instilled in myself ever since my kids were really 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 little because I went from one to two kids to three kids in five years one was five and then I had a newborn and one in between and I'm just like oh my god like it lit you know that saying of like don't cry over spilled milk yeah like I'm pretty sure that was first said by a mom because <laughs> <laughs> Because seriously, because I have cried over literally spilt milk, but it's not because of the milk that spills, you know, it's because of, I probably hadn't showered and I'm trying to shower and one kid is crying and the other one has a poopy diaper and the other one just wants a glass of milk, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And then it spills and it's like, oh my God. But 
yeah, so it's definitely a mindset of this is how it is right now, for sure. So we have talked about how your cultural identity influences, uh, influenced Vamos Ladies, right? Mm-hmm. It was like your big part of your culture, Vamos Ladies. How does your cultural identity affect you as a brand strategist? I, I mean, <clears throat> so... When I started my entrepreneurship journey, I realized that a lot of business books and a lot of business business advice is written by wealthy white men, and the advice that they give, the things that you're that they're like, you must do this, you must not do that, um, it just didn't work for me. Mm, like I felt like there was so much information missing, um, so. I bring the angle of being scrappy, of being Mm -hmm. a woman, of honoring my like intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that just come from who I am Um, as, you know, as a Latina, as an immigrant, as somebody that was undocumented, as somebody that grew up low income. um, I teach people to build a business, not in the like wealthy white dude way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wealthy white dude. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, sometimes you read those books and it's like, you know, just, it's just so not relatable, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh, like, it makes sense, but it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally well, like, yeah. Like one of my biggest things is that um, something I work with my clients a lot on is creating a self of a self, a self, a state of safety as they are building their business because mm-hmm. when we are creating it from this place of lack and this place of like just fear and mm-hmm. all of these things, it's really hard to build a business. Um, but you know, typical like advice, like normal business advice is that they're like, well, if you're really serious about your business, like you go all in, you quit your job, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's great. Like if you didn't grow up, like being worried about money all the time, like, sure, Mm -hmm. like go sit on your savings account or whatever. Um, so like for me, I'm like, if you need to get a job, like be a, you know, dock walker, babysitter, work at an art gallery, whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like that is the best thing that you can do to give yourself the space and that sense of safety so that you can create a business. We always have to do what's best for ourselves. And we're the only person that can know that. No other, no coach, consultant, strategist, person, anybody knows what's best for us except for our own selves. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely important to learn from others who are doing things that, uh, you know, we haven't done before and, and take take what we can and apply it to our own lives and make those adjustments to apply them to our own lives. But yeah, definitely. I, I feel, I feel exactly the same way. And also, especially when I started listening to podcasts, I switched from listening to white men to white women really quick. And then from white women to black women podcasts yeah. and black women podcasts really helped me build my career. Yeah. And then I started listening to the very little Latina podcasts out there, but there were none on business. And so then that's why I decided to start mine. And then now there's a lot of other ones and I'm like so happy and excited about that. I think also for me, it's not just, so I have spent a lot of time um, researching women, specifically minority Latina women. and so my perspective is very much informed by that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just the cultural piece, but you know, there's so much of the ways that we have to show up for our business mm-hmm. um, that are not that are like the extreme opposite of how we were taught to show up in life. And so, mm-hmm. and I feel like people don't talk about that. Um, and so, can you give us an example? Yeah. I mean, even think about like selling, 
and like promoting yourself Mm -hmm. and how we've been taught that that's bragging, that that's bad, that you should, women should make it look effortless. Women should like just be beautiful and like not have an opinion. Um, There are so many of these things that we've been taught that Mm -hmm. will not serve you in business saying yes and being polite and not having boundaries um, and not knowing your worth. Um, So I did a lot of research actually. That's how you and I met because Mm -hmm. I was interviewing you know, Latinas trying to understand where they learn, how they learn, how are they growing their business? Where do they go for help? Um, and, and what I realized is that there was a lot of entrepreneurship, um, education and help for like, you know, how to, um, how to get like a loan from the bank and like, et cetera. But no women that I spoke to said, that's something I need help with. People just needed help with believing in themselves Mm -hmm. and believing that they, that this next stage of their business was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I could see that because there was a big difference between the Latina group that I worked with, um, and, uh, like a white women, mostly wealthy group that I worked with. And the big difference was that this, um, this group of white women, um, you know, their parents are successful business owners. Um, they, their uncles, like they have their support embedded into their life. Whereas like with the Latina group, a lot of the times, like our parents are gardeners and all these things that are business owners, but in a different way with a different mentality. Yeah. And the way to make that hop that I saw the Latinas that had kind of made that leap had worked with a coach. Um, that was basically the outcome of my research is that I realized Mm -hmm. that one way or another, you had to believe in your worth either because your network told you that you were worthy or because you worked with a coach that helped you get there. Yeah. That's really interesting. It really, really makes sense, but I never really like connected the dots that way. I was talking to my cousin last week and she was talking about how she was, um, uh, they were touring high schools for her son. And, um, and then she works with this family and that their daughter is going to this high school, I think in Southern California somewhere, where they pay $100,000 a year. And she said everything is included to like uniforms, transportation. Um, they even get a life coach that they meet with every week at this high school and um, like everything, like food, like everything to take care of the whole person, but not just the necessities to actually support them and push them and make them flourish in this world. And she was just talking about like how pissed off she is that it's so exclusive. And I'm just like, you know what? The anger that you feel (laughs) is the anger that has been part of me ever since I was like in high school when I really started noticing these disparities in the world yeah um uh, but anyway that's a different conversation for a different time but it is part of this conversation because talking about our culture and our business and our communities there are there there are these disparities everywhere that we're still trying to recognize and and shorten the gap right? So that's why I think it's really amazing what you're doing too. (laughs) So shifting a little bit to talking about technology, what is your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? I actually think that technology is one of, it can be, if it's used correctly, one of the equalizers. Depends on the accessibility of it, but yeah so um i so i love instagram but that's not going to be my tool because everybody knows what that is but (laughs) i really think instagram is a great way to test ideas to put stuff out to see what happens to tell your story Mm -hmm. um but my tool is uh, i'm using right now it's called dubsado Um, and Dubsado is like a business management tool and it's kind of hard to explain what it does. Um, it essentially helps you automate a bunch of stuff like behind the scenes of your business. Oh, cool. Um, And it is 
so, so, so helpful. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you spell it? Dubsado? How do you... Yeah. D-U-B-S-A-D-O. Dubsado. Mm, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. That's why I like to ask this question because I'm like, we're all trying to, you know, build an empire. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, what, yeah. what tools can we use to do this? This is, this is definitely like one of those like empire building tools because it, it I, I will tell you this, it is very overwhelming when you open it, you're like, what is happening? Um, but essentially it just, it helps you create a really smooth customer experience. So if somebody buys something from me immediately, I can email them this like questionnaire. And then once they fill it out immediately, it'll send them and be like, we'll be right back. You know, it, it mm. that's what it is. It's like a customer. That's how I've been using it is, is mm. to create a really smooth customer experience. Um, yeah, and that's really automate important. tools for me not to do. <laughs> that's really important. That's really cool. I'm gonna look into that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that, you know what? Like through this podcast, that's how I've learned. That's how I started using Canva. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's really great. Um, okay, one more question: Is there a business that you follow that you strive to be? Like, do you have a business idol that you're like? one day I'm going to be like that, but better. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I feel like I have so many. Um, right now I am really interested in this idea of um, creating online programs at an accessible price point that, um, that allow people to access to like resources and it's like a sustainable business model for me because it's kind of a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think an example of that is called the life coach school, um, but Brooke Castillo. Um, so she has this thing that's called self coaching scholars. Um, I think it's like $300 a month, which is a lot, but you get a ton of coaching in there. And if you've ever worked with like a coach, $300 a month is nothing. Mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So essentially there's like lessons and there's like group chats. Um, there are like, like several like group coaching calls available every week so that people Mm -hmm. can get on and get support like whenever they need. Um, but it's also like very practical. Um, so I think right now that's kind of like my business crush. Of course they're like they make a ton of money. I think she said last year they made like $25 million and holy shit. It is, yeah. She, she has this whole thing where she like one side of it is like this $300 a, a month piece, but then she has a, a coaching school where she teaches people to become coaches. And that's probably where she makes the bulk of her money. Cause that's like $20,000. But anyway, so I'm really interested in these kind of like taking from like the coaching world um but uh, merging it with like the design world and merging Mm -hmm. it with like the really practical um so that i think that's my sweet spot because i am a super practical person like with my clients i'm i don't often just sit there and talk like it's like okay what's the next step okay let's open a google form right now okay you just created your application platform okay you know like we're actually putting it together Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of my that and like speaking speaking is something that i do taking on speaking engagements and that's a part of my career that i want to keep developing mm-hmm. um so i think long term i would love to you know be one of those speakers that has like a super cute book that they wrote and designed and then they just <laughs> go around speaking about it um oh my god that's yep that's me too <laughs> i actually literally just i put it in my um I use Asana for project management. I put it in there that I need to do like a little um, speaker media kit. Yeah. I put it in there a few, uh, like a couple months ago, a few months ago that I haven't been doing it. But then now I'm like, I'm doing the next step. I'm pushing myself like, okay, I'm going to start a webpage of like hiring me to speak. I'm just going to put it out there. So I'm like starting to do that. Um, But it's like one of those things where like, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. It is scary, but doing it just makes me so excited. Yeah. So it's like, it's so yeah. 
That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely helps. I think what really, because I, I started speaking two, like almost two years ago, like very little bit. I think what really helped me was getting a really good video of myself speaking. Um, and like it, people think that it looks like a Ted talk. It's not a Ted talk, but people will email me and they'll be like, Hey, I watched your Ted talk. And I'm like, continue. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? You know, it's uh, your Pamela talk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I do think that is like really helpful is like getting a one really high quality video of you speaking. Good. The other thing I've been really, really, really scared to do, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but yes, it is coming. I know this year, 2020, there will be videos of me out on the internets somewhere. <laughs> so Last question. If you had no constraints, would you start another business? And what would probably. It be? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> You're like, probably. It's so annoying. Um, my, I, I get it from my family. My family, like I actually have a rule with my parents where I'm like, I don't want to hear about your new business ideas. Like, <laughs> I am so sorry, but it just stresses me out because I've seen them go through so many businesses, you know? Um, I think I would love to design cute merch. That's what I would. And mm. and I think in, in the future with Vamos Ladies, I will do that as like a source of revenue. Um, yeah, but I think that would probably be my next business is designing cute merch. <laughs> Yay. Do it. Do it. This is why we need like 50 hour days. <laughs> yeah. But that's not realistic. So where can people find you? What is your website for your brand strategist and for Vamos Ladies? Where, where, where's the podcast? Where are all your social medias? Please share with yeah. us everything. So I hang out on Instagram a lot. Uh, my personal page is Ms. Pamela Barba, M-S Pamela Barba, B-A-R-B-A. Uh, my website is misspamelabarba.com. Uh, Vamos Ladies podcast is available on all the platforms and uh, it's Vamos Ladies on Instagram and VamosLadies.com hmm. Yay! Yeah. Everybody go listen to her podcast <laughs> Yay! Yes Come li Go listen to the first episode It's still my favorite I tell like my money story like essentially from when I was like 18 years old until when I quit working and I talk about how I didn't negotiate every single time. Well, I negotiated the last time, um, but it's my favorite. Hmm. Yeah, that's very important to do. Again, it's about confidence, putting yourself out there and doing something really scary. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pamela, for sharing your story, sharing your amazingness and for, you know, for being you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.